in fear. And you know, when you are fearful, then you can't move, you can't do anything, because you're not definite, then you're not sure. Well, I grew up in, in Africa there, and I know in, in the jungle, the lion and the, and the thing, he, all he does is roar a bit, just a bit. And every little animal starts to shake. And then when he goes after them, they're already afraid. And they are shaking in their legs. And when it stops, it just falls down on its own. <laughs> no strength to stand. And he just finishes them off. So the enemy does the same. He knows. He, he puts so much fear in people. You can't do this. You are not worthy to be doing this. You can't stand in there. You can't be standing for your children. You can't stand. You can't pray for your wife. You haven't been to church. You don't read the Bible. All accusations. Praise God. He's the accuser of the brethren. But the Bible tells us that in prayer, that's where we stand. That's where our protection is. This is one thing that Jesus knew and that the Pharisees and Sadducees did not know. <coughs> Jesus was always praying. He was, we read in the Bible that he was always going away to the mountain alone to pray, leaving the disciples goes away to pray. And then he comes back, he was full of power, and nothing could stand against him. So even the Pharisees, when they planned to, to, to kill him, when he comes from his prayer, when he comes back, they don't even have the power to, to say anything to him. They just watch him going past. So Jesus understood that the source of his power was from his Father in heaven. So he always made sure that he always commutes with his Father. That's where the power is. That's where the direction comes. That's where we also need to be, to make sure that we stay in the Word and then in prayer. That's how God then communicates back to us to tell us what to do and how to do it. And he gives us a strategy and he makes sure that that pathway is made straight. Once we communicate to him and we give it, it is up to him then to make it right for us. All we have to do then is to stand and wait. The Bible says, wait upon the Lord. Again, I say, wait. I said to the congregation here before, I said, uh, you say we are very few, we are very few, you are very many. But God is working, he's preparing for the time that is coming. He hears those prayers and he will hear our prayers today. But then we will have just to wait and watch and see him do his thing. I said, God is preparing you to be in a position to be able to disciple people, to place them, to help them. I said, if he brings 50 people this month, 50 people next month, and you are not ready, what are you going to do with them? So he's preparing you to be able to receive them when they come in and be able to disciple them. And when I heard about this prayer today, I was so happy because I looked at the list and he saw the very, very important uh, uh, topics and lines that the enemy is using to destroy uh, generations and identity and family and, uh, and all those family and relationships. That is where all the places where the enemy has taken hold of and is hit into those posts and then is causing a really a ripple effect into the generation. And now we know, as we stand here, I see the majority of us are here are or parents, so we need to pray for our children because that is what the enemy is coming for. He stops them in their tracks, he destroys them, and that is it. There's no generation that knows the Lord. Amen. Amen. But however, we know how strong our God is Amen. because when he comes like that, 
Our God raises the standard like he's doing now. Bringing people from Cork, from Limerick, from all sorts of places. That's God. But he is preparing a place and a people to be, in, to be able to stand against what is coming against his people here. But he's also preparing a people for his move. God is on a move. He's doing things and he's preparing things. And we need to, when we go into prayer, that's when we see in the spiritual realm what God is doing. And then we are able to stand in line with what he's doing and joining people. When they say there's a prayer, you go in line and you join in there. You are part of the army. Praise God. So we need to have that discernment to know what God is doing and help in that moment because you are the people that is going to send in the forefront. I said the last time that we might cry, Kilani don't like to go to church, Kilani don't. I said it's not their fault. It is the enemy. The Bible says he has blinded them and they can't see. But you that are in the light are the ones that are supposed to shine that light to them. And then they will fall and they will come in. And then they will realize, most of the times when we see people there in Dublin, they say, I don't even know all these years, how I, I never, I never saw, saw God or Jesus this way. But because they were, they were blinded, they couldn't see it. But so it's prayers like this, these sessions, these are the sessions that changes things. These sessions, they change a, a town, they, say, they change a, a, a county yes. and even a nation. Praise God. You find a nation turns around because of prayer warriors. Amen. Prayer because of intercession. It is very important because God speaks to intercessors, right? We need to pray in that area. You need to go in that area. You need to pray for marriages because the enemy is coming to destroy marriages in the body of Christ. And you need to stand in them. You need to worship. So it is very important to come forward and be part of prayer because God then sends you because you are the watchman. He sends the watchman, speaks to the watchman to stand on guard for those that are sleeping, those that are not seeing. Praise God. Amen. So I was so glad and I'm so happy that uh, you've put in your time, even cold as it is, to come in and, and stand uh, and pray for these situations that are facing the generation. And I'm telling you, God is there. He says, I hear your prayers and I will answer them. Praise God. So, uh, however, I just love to tell people that we do not need to stop there. We go home and we stay in the same place. And the way to, to stay in the same place is to connect with God. And you get into his word and into uh, worship, get into the word and then pray. Praise God. You worship him, you draw close, very close. You get into his word, you read about what he is saying to us the promises, the, the instructions, and everything else. And then when you pray, you know the will of God. Yes. And then you pray according to his will. Yeah? Mm. Even Jesus prayed, I wouldn't want to take this cup. It was very painful and it's, it's so, but uh, it's, it's not my call. However, your will be done. So we also pray for the will of God for the, for the town of Kilani for the kingdom of Kerry, uh, uh, for all the, 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 the king, even my one, temporary too, I'll be praying for them. Praise God. And for the nation of Ireland, and for the other nations as well. But it starts with what we think is a small gathering, a small meeting, a small fire, but it gets bigger and bigger. Praise God. So I just want us to pray. I'll just pray. Um, I don't have any power of my own, but I believe God does the thing. Amen. 
We just call on to him and it is him that does it through his Holy Spirit. Praise God. So we just want to commit ourselves as prayer people. Amen. Amen. Today we commit ourselves. The most important thing is to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves and open our hearts and let him come in and let him take control and say, Lord, we surrender to your holiness. We surrender to you and you do whatever you want to do. I am here for you. We cry, God, use me. And then when he wants to use us, we don't, we don't show up. <laughs> so we stay in the word. We worship, stay in the word, and then pray. And stay in prayer. A prayer man, a prayer woman will always be in victory. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to pray now. Father, we just want to thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. Oh, we glorify your name, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we just want to thank you. We come before your throne this morning, God, in the name of Jesus. And I know, God, that uh, you know the end from the beginning. You said the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And, Father, we are here for you. We are gathered here, Lord, because you have said so. You have spoken to the hearts of men and women, Lord. And this is in obedience. And we stand here, Lord, this morning to receive from you. And look at their hearts, Lord, and make them right and remove everything, Lord, that stands in the way between us and you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for an anointing, a prayer anointing, intercession anointing, Lord, upon your people this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Change these hearts, Lord, and turn them into your people, into your vessels, Lord, to be honorable vessels unto, unto your work, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Speak to each one of them, Lord, even as we leave this place, that we do not deviate from what we have committed to do. Lord, we will say committed, we will do what you ask us to do, and we surrender to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, God, that you open the spiritual eyes, our spiritual eyes, everyone in here, that they begin to see from today the things that you want them to see in the spiritual realm, in the name of Jesus. You open the spiritual ears, Lord, that they will hear what you talk, will not miss a single word, just as you done with the intercessors to do this. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because you're building an army. You're building, oh Lord, people that will stand and stand for the generations and the generations to come. In the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. We ask, oh God, that as we carry on through the day, that your Holy Spirit will direct every move, every step that we take. And speak to us, Lord, through every speaker today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. So, thank you, Pastor Philip. What a blessing. And um, well, we know now, even in the last um, few, I suppose the last year really, this whole identity thing has really exploded. So it's a, it's a big problem. It's a big issue at this moment in time. And I just want to show... A few examples in the Bible where there was identity, uh, where identity wasn't great. And um, the first one, you need even, I'm, I'm not even going to read the scripture, I'm just going to give you the example. So the first one is in Judges 6, and it's when the angel came and greeted uh, Gideon. And he said to him, you mighty warrior, or in, in another translation it says, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon himself 
he felt that he was the least of the least. His clan was the least, and he was the least in his clan. So what? Um, so he really, he, he really had identity crisis there. He did not know who he was. He did not see himself as God saw him. He saw himself as being the weak, the weakest of the weak. So that's one, one description, or, or one example. Another example is King David. Now, King David himself may not have had an identity crisis, but his father certainly didn't see him the way that God saw David. And when Samuel came, and this is in 1 Samuel 16, when Samuel came to anoint the king, God told him to anoint a king for Israel. Samuel went and, uh, to Jesse's house, and Jesse brought out seven sons, and the ones that Jesse obviously thought you know, were capable or were, you know, were in line, maybe, possibly, they could be. Uh, but he never brought out David. And then Samuel says, is there another? Is there another? And he said, yeah, there's a, the youngest boy is out uh, you know, shepherding the, the flock or whatever. David's father did not identify David the way he should have. Okay? So identity crisis can come from all different directions. And myself, I have, I have a story with regards to identity. Um, when I grew up, obviously I was a little girl, and uh, what you call it, uh, you know, I just had dreams about what little girls do, getting married, have kids, I always want to have kids or whatever. But when I was about, I'm not really sure what age, maybe 10, 12, my mother informed me that when she was pregnant on me, she wished I was a boy. The reason why she wished I was a boy was because I lived in a very dysfunctional home. My father was a raving alcoholic, and she really thought, she had two girls before me, she really thought that if I was a boy, that it would change the situation, that it would solve all the problems, that, that my dad would change. Now, she had, a boy, she had two boys after me and nothing changed my father, so my, my being a boy or a girl was never going to change anything there. But what that did to me at that point is it caused me to question whether or not I should... Now, I never had any sexual identity crisis, but I, I really struggled with if I had been a boy... If I had been a male, I could do better things. I could do more things. I wanted to serve the Lord, but, you know, I, I was in the Catholic Church, and the only way, really, you could serve the Lord was either to become a priest or a nun. And I really felt nuns didn't have that much influence, that priests were the ones that really were able to minister to the people. So, therefore, I thought that if I was a boy, I could serve God better. Then later on then, when I was married and our marriage was going a bit all over the place, I then had the same question. If I was a man and I was the husband, things would be better. So I had this thing that, that if I was a male, if I was a man, not, no, not wanting to change from being a female to a man, but I just had that identity crisis in so much as that I wasn't satisfied with the fact that I was a female because I thought I couldn't do, I couldn't make a difference in this world by being 
a female. I thought I really needed to be a male. If I had been a male, I would have made a difference to my father. If I had been a male, I could have served God better. If I had been a male, I would have made a great husband. Do you know, this, is, this, was, this was my thinking. Totally skewed. But it came from that seed of my mother wishing that I was a male. My mother wishing that I was a boy. And I, 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 that seed sowed, and I believed it. And because I believed it, it grew, and it grew. And so therefore then, I really doubted my place in this world as a female. Until God got a hold of me. You know, that song that we sang there, there's one line that says, I am loved by you. That's who I am. That's who we are. That's our identity. That's the identity of every man, woman, and child in this nation. That's the identity of the children. That's the identity of our children. And this scripture, I just love the scripture that I'm going to read. And this scripture is Psalm 139, verses 13 to 18. Okay, so, for you created my inmost being... You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I was planned. I was planned by God. You were planned by God. Each and every child in this nation was planned by God. There were plans to be male or there were plans to be female. They were planned by God. His thoughts towards them are outnumbered the grains of sand on the seashore. This is something that needs to be taught, that needs to be preached, that needs to be known that each and every one of us were planned by God. We need not have identity crisis. This is exactly who we are. This is who we are. We are loved by God. We are planned by God. And, you know, bullying, any, any, anything, anything can sow a seed into a young child's life, th- letting them think that they are not who they are, and then causing, to, causing them to go down a rabbit hole that can lead them anywhere. It can lead them even to transform their bodies. You know, to, 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 it can lead them anywhere. It can lead them to do things that they shouldn't do. It can lead them to insecurities. It can lead them to be just lost. Who am I? Where do I fit in? It can be crucial. So identity is really important and our identity is solely in God and solely in the fact that we are planned by God. So let's pray. Let's pray for our own children and as well as that, I was thinking this morning, you know, we're, we called this um, 
praying for children. But you know, if my mother was here, she'd be praying for her 66-year-old child. So children are children of any age. So we're praying for the small children. We're praying for the teenagers, the adults, the older adults. We are praying for them all. I just want to read this other scripture that really blesses me as well. It's in Isaiah 46, verse 4. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. So we have it in the Bible. We have from conception. Where's my paper gone? That's all right. There's no more on it. Uh, From conception to our gray hair, we are his. That's who we are. Amen. Amen. So, Father God, we just bring before you our own children, Lord God. We bring before you our spiritual children, those who are under our influence, Lord God. And we bring before you, Lord God, the children of this land. And, Lord God, those children range age from from zero, Lord God, from conception to... um, to gray hair, Lord God, to, to the moment that they leave this earth, they are all your children. And Father God, we pray that the people of this land would really know who they are, Lord God, that they would know who they are, that they are yours, Lord God, they are loved by you, they've been created by you, they've been planned by you, Lord God. Whether they're male or whether they're female, Lord God, that's how you planned them. You planned them, you created them, male and female, so that they could fulfill the purpose that you have for them, so that they could have that relationship with you that you wanted them to have, because male relationships are different with you than female relationships, and you want them all. So, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that the people of this land... Lord God, would know who they really are. We come against bullying, Lord God, bullying that would tell a child, Lord God, or even an adult, that they are not good enough, that they are not right, that they're this or they're that, Lord God. We come, excuse me, we come against bullying. We come against, Lord God, you know, we, we repent, Lord God, even for ourselves and for any other parent, Lord God, who has spoken idle words to their children causing them confusion Lord God we we repent of that Lord God we repent on behalf of this nation Lord God when those in authority speak idle words and words of of just untruths Lord God about their children Lord God about our children Lord God we repent Lord God on behalf of this nation how the identity of the unborn child, Lord God, has been so, so, Lord God, so, so wronged, Lord God. The unborn child has been identified as just a bunch of cells. But, Lord God, here in your word, it says that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by you. From the very day of conception, Lord God, you planned them. You planned them, Lord God. Lord God, we repent on behalf of this nation, Lord God, for even thinking otherwise, for even thinking that the unborn child, Lord God, is not valuable, is not precious, and does not have their identity in you, Lord God. So, Lord God, we just bless the children of this nation. We bless the adults of this nation, and we pray, Lord God, that anyone who is 
in crisis, Lord God, regarding their identity, that they would know that they are loved by you, and that's who they are, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's pray in the Spirit, and uh, the next person to come up is Brendan. So let's pray in the Spirit for a few minutes. Amen. Amen. Uh, good morning, all, and welcome once again to, to carry this fine morning. Um, you know, I think God had a bit of a sense of humor, really, uh, putting me up here praying for the family. I would never consider myself the ideal candidate. I, I would never much want for public speaking. I was always the quiet one, maybe sitting in the corner or something. But in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, it says, But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. So, on I go anyway, um, just a bit about myself. Uh, I grew up in a very settled, happy family. And I'm not just saying that because my father's listening there in the corner. Um, but one thing I noticed when I was young, um, I was in a very small national school. And in those days, they would bunch up the classes together because just to make the numbers. And I ended up in a class with ones, maybe one, two, and someone were even three years older than myself. And I think this had an effect on me when I was out socializing later, as a, when I was a teenager, we said. Um, I was always out with ones much bigger and much older than myself. And I always felt a lot of peer pressure to keep up with them. And sometimes in those situations, you can be ones that will lead you astray and cause you to do wrong. Because at that time, I did not know Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2. The blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. But just to keep it short anyway, I fell in with very heavy drinkers, and I was on the downward spiral for a few years, and at the age of 23 I had a very bad crash, a car crash where I narrowly missed pedestrians. If I'd hit them, I would have killed them. But this brought me to my senses a bit, and I met my wife, Mag, who took control of me a, a bit in it. <laughs> and I was blessed to have two lovely daughters. But it was only when I came to the age of about 32, it was, that I came to know the Lord, and I found true contentment. Uh, when I had kids first myself, I had no clue about parenting. I don't think I'd ever held or minded a baby in my life. And even to this day, it's still a learning curve as we negotiate life's challenges, which every day brings anew. But when we come to know Jesus, it does not mean that we will not have problems. It means that we have the strength to overcome the problems. Amen. Because Jesus said in John 16:33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, 
I have overcome the world. God wants to use us despite our shortcomings. He will even rescue us and support us through our foolish mistakes. So I just want to pray this morning for those that are going through trials with their families. Some of these trials may have seemed to be going on for years with no light at the end of the tunnel. There might be times when you might feel, you may not feel God, but you must keep seeking him. Maybe your prayers feel like they're going nowhere, but you must keep praying. Continue committing, committing scripture to memory, even if they feel just like words on a page. You must keep pressing in, and God will honor you for it. We know, Lord, that you love us and our families. You deliver us from, from all our fears. No matter what the circumstances, no matter how big the problem, we know that you are bigger. Yes. We know the power of prayer because Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. So Lord, hear our prayers and our peace will protect and guard our hearts and minds. I pray this morning for the fathers all over Ireland that they would take up their role in the household as you have said, Lord. Even the newborn baby knows this as they seem to always call for dad first, the first thing that comes out of their mouth. That's despite of the fact that the mother has carried them for nine months while enduring morning sickness, back pain, and whatever else. I pray, Lord, that you would show us when to be compassionate, show us when to discipline, show us how to teach them your ways, how to communicate with them, and to spend quality time with them. In Job 1, 4 and 5, it tells the story of Job interceding for his children. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. I'm sure the story might resonate with some parents who waited up nights waited for, waiting for loved ones to come home, or maybe they didn't come home at all, and maybe they had no sleep that night. And it said that in this scripture that Joe would do this continually, which means he would never give up, and he would never give in or never stop. And I pray this morning, Lord, that we will never show any favoritism to one child over another. Just like Jacob did with Joseph in Genesis 37.3, which led to his fathers despising him. To his brothers despised him, sorry. They could not say a good word about him. And in the finish, they nearly killed him. I pray, Lord, that sometimes our tasks seem overwhelming. But if we stay close to you, God, they can be achieved. 
I pray for unity in families. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 12:25 that every kingdom, every city, every household divided will not stand. I pray where there has been separation in families, an absence of unity, that you will restore, Lord, what the locust has stolen, that is what the enemy has taken. God help us live in unity one another, because it's so important to make every effort to live together in harmony with everyone, especially our families. Help us put aside our differences and look to you, Lord, and cry out to you, Lord. Maybe some of you are old enough to remember the days when there was little or no power steering in vehicles and it was hard to turn the wheel because, because um, the, there was no power steering and whether it was a lorry or a van or a car and I myself have an old tractor at home and it leaks the power steering aisle and it, you have to keep topping it up continually just to make it to work. And it's a bit like that sometimes in families. The aisle is like the word of God that we have to top up continually so that all the parts will work together. Yes. So finally, Lord, this morning, I just pray for hope. Now, Rose preached here last week Sunday about the importance of having hope. Amen. And it is so important. Amen. And in Romans fifteen thirteen, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Lord, for your peace and joy that we have because of the hope you give us. Let us overflow with hope, Lord. Now, the definition of hope is to wish for a particular event that one considers possible. And in Mark 9.23, it says... All things are possible to him who believes. So whatever you are going through at the moment, remember, all things are possible because we believe. Amen. Amen. highlighted here that you know we feel are the essentials for any relationship so we have forgiveness trust being open and time commitment and effort so we're just going to pray into some of those areas yep. now Yes, yes, yes. So I'm just going to start praying and just. just you know. All right, okay. <laughs> yes, so I hope you can hear me now. Yes, yes good. So we're going to start praying. Let your heart be opened, you know. And when we were planning this, we said we don't want to be, we don't want it to be academic or technical. We just want the Holy Spirit, you know, to lead us. And we believe that's what's going to happen here uh, today. So Heavenly Father, we just welcome you here again. 
We thank you because you have called us, you have chosen us, and we know that you have prepared us even to pray your words to your children today. So, Father, we thank you. You are a God that created us. You created all our children to have a relationship with you. You are a God who delights in relationship. You're not a lonesome or a lonely God. You want your children to know you, to come to you, to fellowship with you, to communicate with you, and to know that you are their Father. So, Father, we just commit all our children to you, O Lord God, from the youngest to the uh, young adults and to the uh, gray-haired children that might be amongst us, O Lord God. Father, we just commit them into your hands this morning. From today, O Lord God, that they will know who is their God. They will know who is the head of their lives. They will know who is the one that sits upon the throne of the government of their lives. That it is you, O Lord God that you created them for yourself, for your purposes, for your plans, oh Lord God. You, you have their lives already planned out. And for anything and everything to work, they have to come back to you. So we pray, almighty God, that our children will know you and that they will have a relationship, a healthy, thorough relationship with you, oh Lord God, with no blockage, no barriers, oh Lord God. That they will know that through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the finished work on the cross, of Calvary, that they can boldly come into your presence and talk to you and fellowship with you, O Lord God, that they can cry on your shoulders, that they can fall upon you when they cannot stand, O Lord, that they can look to you at all times. It doesn't matter what they have done. It doesn't matter how far they have been gone, that they can always come back to you because you are a good God. You are a loving Father, that your arms are wide open. Your heart beats for your children, O Lord God. We just pray that our children will know this truth and create and have a healthy relationship with you, O Lord God. That it will run to you and not run away from you, O Lord God. That it will grow in you and not grow away from you, O Lord God. That they will know that you are dependable, reliable, and that they would always, that you are a reliable father, a reliable friend, a reliable comforter, that they will always come to you. Lord, we pray that it will be a healthy relationship, oh Lord God. The one that looks to you, rely on you, depend on you, trust in you, plots in you for everything that they need to do life well. We pray, mighty God, that our children will have this healthy relationship with you and let nothing take away from that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And we thank you, Father, that you're not a, you're not a God wants us to be isolated. You're not a God who wants anybody on their own, and it's not just about me and God. Thank you that you're a God who wants us to connect with other people. You want us to connect with our neighbours. You want our children to connect with their school friends or their college friends or the people that they're studying with, Lord, or the people that they're working with, Lord. And we just pray for healthy relationships and friendships that our children would have, Lord. And we just, we just think of the whole area of forgiveness. It is essential for healthy relationships that forgiveness is there. Forgiveness, maybe children need to forgive their parents. Maybe parents need to forgive their children. Maybe children need to forgive themselves for mistakes they've made. Maybe they need to forgive their siblings. 
Lord, I pray that forgiveness would be evident in our children's Amen. lives, that forgiveness would be evident in our lives. Maybe we need to forgive ourselves for mistakes we've made with our children or with, with people in our families. And just, you know, I know of family close to my heart where two siblings had had a falling out and it had caused a bit of tension in the family. And neither of these um, siblings, it's two sisters, neither of these siblings are, um, they're not believers. But I was so blessed. They, one of them said to the other, will we, um, what would you think about going to a mediator to sort out this relationship? So one of them is in one country, one of them is in another country. They, they engaged a mediator at a hefty price it was not cheap they had six sessions at like 80 euro a session or something so they invested money in sorting out that relationship mm -hmm. and they 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 could see the value as grown women they didn't want to fall out as sisters and i was so blessed and these aren't believers and yet something in them could see the value of not continuing in disharmony together mm -hmm. so lord i just thank you that it is possible thank you that it is possible thank you that you're a god who wants reconciliation lord. i pray for any situations in family where there is disharmony and disunity that you would bring reconciliation put a desire within families to sort things out that there would be forgiveness flowing that no matter how old somebody is whether it's a really old hurt a really old grievance even something going back donkey's ears even something that's been inherited yes you know when there's been a falling out in a family how mm. you know if the if the parents aren't speaking to somebody well then the children end up not speaking to them because they've never met lord i pray for reconciliation yes. in families yes lord yes lord yes lord we pray for trust oh lord god we pray that our children would trust the lord they would trust him with all their hearts with all their mind with all their soul that they would trust you, O Lord God, knowing that you are a good God and a good friend. You are the God who will never leave them. You will not abandon them as often. You will not forsake them. You will not leave them in their falling situation, O Lord God. You would always come to their rescue. Then may our children know that when they fall, that they can trust you to pick them back up. That when they are far away, they can trust you, that you will come after them. You will not let them go because you are relentless and a restless God. You will not rest until you have them back. May our children trust you, Lord God. May they trust their lives unto you. May they trust their present, their future into your hands, O Lord God. May they trust you when it is so hard to do so. May they know that man will fail, but that you, God, you will never fail them. That man will mock them, but you, God, you will never mock them. That man will condemn them, but you, God, you will never condemn them, O Lord God. It doesn't matter what they do. Even though you despise all their wrong ways, but you love them still. May they trust you, O Lord God. May they trust you with decisions because you are a God who wants you, you want your children to trust you and to believe in you. We pray that our children will trust you, O Lord God, in their relationship with you, that they will trust you. They will trust you when they are making decisions, O Lord God, decisions concerning their work, their job, their even 
aspiring to a higher position in decision when they are make, having to want to have uh, life partners or spouses or Lord, that they will trust you. You are a trustworthy God. And we pray, oh Lord God, that our children will make friends. Friends that they can trust. Friends that are trustworthy. Friends that will lead them in the way that pleases God, oh Lord God, Father. That they will make such friends in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we know trust is very important. If you don't trust someone, how can you work with them? How can you be friends with them? We pray, oh Lord God, that even as they trust you, that they will work with people they can trust. Friends they can trust. Colleagues that they can trust. Neighbors that they can trust. Oh Lord, co-workers that they can trust. Father Lord, we just pray that you will bring these people around all our children, both home and abroad. Oh Lord God, that you will bring them people who are trustworthy, whom they can trust and whom can trust them in return. In Jesus' name. I just want to pray that, you know, all of us, you know, our children, the children of the nation, um, that we would take time, effort, and commitment in relationships. That we wouldn't be self-absorbed, oh sorry, we wouldn't be self-absorbed and just thinking about our own needs and our own situations, but we would give time, effort, and commitment to those around us. That we would have that balance where we would commit to certain things, whether it's in the church or in the community, and we would, we would invest in people, invest in what, it, what you have called us to invest in. I pray for the young generation coming up, Lord, that you would put a heart within them to serve in your body. You would put a heart within the generation coming up, Lord, to serve you. And even for those who are not in the church at the moment, Lord, that you would put a heart within them to serve in their community, Lord, to give up their time, their effort, and their money to serve those who are less well-off than themselves, Lord. We just, there is so much self-centeredness centeredness and um, kind of uh, self-sufficiency, Lord. I just pray that you would put within, put within people an understanding that they need one another, that maybe they don't feel they need anybody, but other people need friendship or support or kindness or fellowship or just some kind of engagement or commitment. So we just pray for our children, our young and our old, our brothers and our sisters, Lord, that in their relationships that they would spend time, effort and commitment. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we pray for openness, Lord. We pray that our children, the children of this nation, will be open to you. Amen. That they will open their lives to you, O oh Lord God. They will open their hearts to you, O oh Lord God. They will open their spirit and soul to you, O oh Lord God, so that they can be fed by you. We pray, O oh Lord God, they will not be ashamed to stand before you and confess that you are Lord, that you are God, that you are their father, their friend, their strong tower, their great refuge. We pray, Almighty God, that they will open to you, be open for you to convict them, 
Because men will condemn, oh Lord God, but you will convict them of their wrongdoings. You will convict them of how you want them to live their lives. We pray that they will be open to you. They will be open to you talking to them to change their ways, oh Lord God, or to better what they are doing, oh Lord God. We just pray that they will be open to you. That they will be open to invite others into their lives and bring them to Christ, oh Lord God. That they will be open for you to speaking to their lives because you have great words. You have words of destiny, words of affirmation that you want to speak into our children's life, into the children, the, this nation, the, all the children in this nation, oh Lord God, the children in this nation, you want to speak into their lives. You want to affirm who you created them to be. You want to speak to them the words that will strengthen them, the words that will encourage them, the word that will enlighten them, the word that will guide them into that path you want them to to walk on oh Lord God we just pray that all our children all the children that we have influence on all the children of this nation father that they will be open to you they will be open for the touch of the Holy Spirit they will be open to the ministration of the Holy Spirit they will be open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit they will be open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit oh Lord God we just pray that our children's life will be open to you Lord God for you to do that which only you can do for you to show them how much you love them, how much you desire them to have a relationship with you, how much you want them to dwell in your presence and drink from the stream of the living water. We just pray that they will open up to you, O Lord God, because when they open up to you and let you rule and reign and let you sit upon the throne of their lives, everything will be as according to your plans and your purposes. So we welcome that openness for all our children so that you, God, will remain God indeed in their lives. Amen. 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 Children who are not walking with the Lord. I have a child that's not walking with the Lord. You know, you know, you don't need to put up your hands. <laughs> but if, if, you know, let's pray in the spirit for our children. And again, we've declared this so many times. Our children will be taught by the Lord Amen. and great will be their peace. So let's pray in the spirit just for a few minutes for our children who are not walking with the Lord. I was just thinking of the cold while ago, and the rose is very excited about that we're all cold, but I think we're in a great place. Because, oh yeah.
There's many a one out there today that are in beautiful warm homes right now as we're speaking, but they are out in the cold. Because if we don't have the truth and the knowledge of the word of God, we are really out in the cold. And even now more than ever. So I think my story is a bit like Pauline's, but in a different... She had a seed sown about her identity. I had seed sown about the truth of God to me when I was... You know, as, as I can remember from when I was a really, really tiny child, a very small child, I did love God. I, re I think I had um, an extreme um, interest in the things of God. God was always on my mind from once I was really, really small. I can remember the crib at Christmas time. I'd be so excited Christmas morning to reach up to look in at the baby Jesus. You know, I was always... I was brought up a Catholic church, uh, very religious. I was, did all my duties, never missed uh, whatever was on. I was, I was there. But because I was in, in, the, in a country place and there was very few children, I was um, with a lot of older people. And there were people, there was lovely people, but they had this thing inside, you know, that talk about God as if, um, you know, anything that would happen negative or maybe, you know, God was teaching him a lesson or... You know, we had our, we had, we had given a cross to bear in life, and a neighbor of mine used to always say to me, which I spend a lot of time with, she'd say, no cross, no crown. And of course, this was being fed into me, fed into me, and I was, of course I was, I knew that God was, you know, that there was a God, and that um, we had no other choice on it to, you know, submit to him in a way, whatever way I knew to understand when I was growing up. But um, I had this real, grew up then with a, a real fear of, something happening to me and having to bear my cross. So I remember going to bed at night just praying to God to help me to carry my cross. And I used to always pray to be content in life. But you know what? It was impossible <coughs> to be content without knowing the, the truth about God and who he was and the love of God. So, um, like I said, that went on for years. I grew up, it came into teenage years and then was very uh, discontent, low self-esteem, um, poor self-image, um, what else can you say, I was very, uh, fell into, I suppose, depression then and all that type of thing that went with it. And I, like I said, I really believed that, that lie that was told about God. And I was just thinking of the song that was sang this morning. You know, I've heard so many stories. There's many stories out there about God, but people don't know and it's the whole cause of the, all the mental, in my opinion, all the mental um, health issues in this nation because they don't know the truth of God, who God is and the love that God has for us mm -hmm. and, that, and who we are in Christ. That we are, we are, we're made in God's likeness and image and we're fearfully and wonderfully made. So anyway, this went on anyway for, like, uh, like Brendan said, he, he, he drank a lot. I was depressed. I was 30 years ago. We're the last couple you'd imagine would be up here. But praise God for his, for his blessings. Um, so anyway, we got married then and had children. I got really depressed then. I was in a bad way, really. And the thing about it is that not many people knew it because I was very outgoing and I loved fun and having a great time and everything. So I, could, I was well able to disguise it. But um, like I said, I was struggling big time, really. And... Um, but lo and behold, like, God rescued me. One day I went for a walk, and, uh, and I think it is, I went for a walk over the road, about a mile over the road, and um, called into a neighbour, and she said, um, 
you know, we're tired today, she said. We were in Killarney last night at a Bible meeting, and of course, like, we, we never had a Bible in the house, and that's where the problem is. We didn't know the Word of God, so the, the devil is able to tell you any story he likes then when you, when you don't have the truth. So she said, oh, yeah, she said, um, it's great. She said, we were, we were at a, a Bible meeting, and she said a few things, but next thing, how the grace of God and the mercy of God. She says, she just said the thing that I wanted to hear since I was a tiny baby. She said, you know, she said, there's no cross. God doesn't give anybody a cross to bear. She said, everything bad comes from the devil and everything good comes from God. Amen. Well, I left the house that day and I, I, a mile back the road, I, I hopped and skipped all the way back the road. Before ever coming to a meeting, I knew, I knew really that that was it. That was breakthrough for me. So anyway, that was probably a Friday or Saturday. So she called on the Wednesday evening. She said, are you coming um, tomorrow night to, to church with us? And I said, of course I am. But when she, I didn't tell her, but when I closed the door and she walked away, I went in and I said, you must be joking. I haven't heard, I haven't thought about anything else all week. So anyway, I was here on the Thursday night and I heard things that I've never heard from in my life before. One of them is every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good, good and perfect gift comes from God. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, that you will have life and have it to the full more abundantly. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Well, I had never heard that before. I was told that it was God was oppressing us. God was keeping us in line, that he was teaching us a lesson. But that was all a whole load of lies. So I just want to pray today specifically for that, for the children of this nation, for all the children of the families here, and even for adults here that have been sown that lie into their hearts for months, their tiny little children, how the enemy came in. You see, the enemy can come in. He, he didn't, I didn't have so, you know, they said today that kids are being fed wrong stuff through social media, but I didn't have any of that stuff. But the enemy is able to come in with a lie where you're weak, and he knows what, what's on your heart, so he'll, he'll, he'll try and dampen down that. So that's what he did with me. So I pray that today, Father, for children in this nation and the parents in this nation, that they will come to know the love and the truth of God's word, yes. that there will be a Bible brought into every home. Yes. And like Brendan said, that the fathers will teach the children, Amen. that they will rise up to teach the children Amen. now, Amen. and that that, that lie... Once and for all in this nation, I, I still hear it. I still hear people saying it if something happens. Oh, that was a terrible cross to bear. But, you know, when I hear it now, it just, you know, so Lord, give us the boldness that when we do hear it, that we will just counteract it with the yes. truth, yes. the truth of your word, Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes. We give you praise and glory. Another thing then is for children to, you know, I, I met a, a mom the other day and she said that she was, her child wouldn't do the school musical because she described her as having you know, heavy legs or fat legs or whatever, and she wouldn't wear the short skirt to, you know, to do the musical and to do the dancing. So she said then that there was a youth club disco coming up and that she didn't want to go there because she was, you know, same story, finding something to wear because she was heavier than all the rest of the kids. And, and I said, but do, do, she, do she really want to go? She, could she not stay home and, and do something different, pick it, do some, you know? And she said, yeah, she said, you know, you're right. She said, maybe I, another little girl didn't want to go either. So that's it. I said, she'll get a movie in and popcorn. And, you know, she's in, just only in second year. And I said, she don't need to be going to that. You know, we don't always have to do what everybody else is doing. So 
you know, she, she was really, she felt relieved. So, Father, I pray that as well, that the children will be able to think for themselves and do things that pleases them, Lord, that they won't just, you know, because I can remember, like, like Brendan said, he was, he, the, he, it was that drink culture that when we were growing up and going out together. So, you know, I, I never really fitted in. I feel so... You know, and I, I couldn't think too much all the time, especially. I, was just, I just get so fed up with it. So pray to other people will have, uh, you know, a mind of their own and that they will be able to, you know, and choose to, to, to walk the way they want to walk, to give them the confidence, Father. And I pray for, uh, you know, and another thing is this time of year, this time of year, Christmas time, that, that used to be my lowest and worst time because... I suppose, you know, Christmas is nothing about Jesus. It's just that spirit of the world that's just rampant this time of year. And you're either, they're either getting caught up in rushing and um, having everything right for Christmas and this thing right for Christmas, or they go mad. Anyone that's in the pub, they go way worse at Christmas. You know, everything is, is elevated at Christmas for, in the negative. So uh, I just pray this Christmas for... Uh, children of this nation, Father, I pray that they won't be lured away into that scene, Father. I pray that the light of Jesus will shine into the homes and the hearts of the people. In the name of Jesus, I pray for mercy and grace for them, Lord, and that they will enjoy Christmas, but not with the, that, that spirit that the world is, is just, that stuff that the world is offering. We pray, Lord, that they will come to know you, Father. I pray for a mighty move of your Holy Spirit this Christmas, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, and I praise you in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus. I give you praise and glory, Father God, in Jesus' name. Oh, I, I was listening to a teaching yesterday by, um, I can't think of his name, Tim Sheets. And, you know, he would just give you a small teaching. He was on about that, about people having sorrows and griefs at Christmas. And, you know, you know and like I said, that used to be, I used to really feel that, because everyone is supposed to be so happy and so clappy at Christmas. And so he said, you know, in Isaiah 53, that Jesus carried our sorrows and our griefs. So I pray that today, the Lord, that, that, that heaviness that comes at this time of year, that, that those sorrows and griefs will be lifted off the people, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I pray a blessed Christmas, Father, for everybody here, for the people of this, um, this church uh, and um, City Gate Church and for all the churches of this nation, Father, and for all the people of this nation, in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus. We give you praise and glory, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. I think I've covered everything now. I um, praise Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And I just want to say one thing that in, in the funny side, just to, to, to give you a laugh. My father-in-law's down here, and uh, he was listening to, to Brendan give his testimony. Uh, I remember one night we were out in, uh, I wasn't long ago with Brendan, and I was very shy to meet the, his, his father. But one night, anyway, we were out in Kidmere, there's be a, a dance on a Saturday night in the old part of Riversdale, we used to call it. And uh, he stopped me and he says, uh, Can you do anything with that fella? Can you, can, you get him to, <laughs> can you get him to stop drinking? <laughs> and of course, I was so shy and I nearly collapsed. Like, but, but praise God, I didn't do it, but God did it. And I give God all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, it's just the word that comes to me there. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, 
good afternoon, everyone. And read. This is a better. Um, it's just a privilege to be here. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit. So, uh, we're looking at destiny, and destiny is everything that happens to an individual during their life, past, present, and future. And um, one may ask uh, if you've no control over your birth, um, where you're born, or your family that you're born into, uh, then what can control can you have over the present or the future? So in the scripture sheds light on this, um, Paul speaking to the men of Athens, he says, God has made the world and everything in it. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He himself gave all men life and breath and everything else. And from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he destined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this that men should seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. So here there is nothing random. He's chosen every nation, every people. He's chosen where we should be born and the family into which we should be born. So uh, God gives life and we are to seek him that we might find him. So destiny has the idea of a higher purpose and plan that encourages each individual to take actions to connect and choices to connect with God and his call on their life. So Aveta is going to share some scriptures on call. Oh. Just a little note, as I was coming, driving here, I've seen Rainbow twice. Yeah. And it was just so beautiful over this place. And when we see the rainbow, we know, oh yeah, this is Lord. This is you who is talking to me and reminding me that I will keep my promises to you. And his promises, we have his word. And his promises are here for us today. Amen. And it's just so beautiful. And also, I, I just, I was just thinking about when Pastor Philip was talking about the jungle and the lion, and how, when the lion roars and the animals, animals are like paralyzed. I've seen that on, on, on just documentaries. And the devil is roaring. But he is a roaring lion, and he wants us to be paralyzed by fear. And many of our children are not where we would want them to be at the moment. And we just, I just felt we will do some intercession, some petition style of prayer, but also I just feel we would do some roaring at the lion, at the, at the false lion and the bad lion. Because we are the mama and papa bears, right? <laughs> and just imagine the, the mama lion and her cubs. And, and when, when some threat is coming, like, wow! So we, we can do some that style of prayer, like claiming and declaring and confronting the enemy. It is not a prayer to God directly, but we have that authority. 
We have that authority over our children, over our families, because we know his promises. Mm -hmm. So I will just read a few scriptures, and I want us to just meditate on them a bit, and then we will just pray around. Okay, so I will read, for example, this. Uh, on, on this topic of, of uh, purpose and destiny. Colossians 1.16 For in him... In God, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Can you just repeat after me? My children were created through him and for him. Amen. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, Jesus is telling to his disciples, but I chose you. So God is choosing us, God is choosing our children, and appointed you. God is appointing our children. So, for some purpose, that you might go and bear fruit. Amen. So we will be praying around these verses. Yes. Fruit that will last. Yes. And the other part of the verses, and so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. That is mm. for us. Yeah. We are asking Father now for our children, and mm. we are praying according His will. Second yeah. Timothy on this topic, one nine says, "Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling?" Mm. Let's just say, God called my children with His holy calling. God called our children with this holy calling. Amen. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Another verse, 1 Peter 2.21. For you have been called for this purpose. So, again, God is calling us, God is calling our children for what? For his purpose. Yes. So we are praying for their destiny today mm. and for their purpose. Mm. Uh, yeah, and two more. Mm. We know this one. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you. Mm. A prophet to the nations, he speaks to Jeremiah. But God is not like choosing persons, right? So before he formed our children in, in our wombs, he knew them. He knew them. He knew them. And before they were born, imagine that. He consecrated them. He appointed them. So there is some destiny, that some desire of God that he wants for our children. And we need to remember this. Because when I am in the state of being paralyzed, I might forget these things. Mm -hmm. When I see what my son is doing now, I, I, I might be really paralyzed by fear. And the last one, Psalm 138, I think you were reading it, Pauline. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Amen. Yeah, so he, the point is, God has purpose for our children, and we are going to pray yes. around these things, okay? And uh, I've been looking at not just our own children, but the children of this nation. Yeah. 
And we know uh, in 1 Peter says the Lord is not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance. You know, and uh, in 1 Timothy 2.14, God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And Titus 2.11, for the grace of God has appeared to bring salvation to men. But the problem is that in Proverbs 19.18, it says, where there's no vision, the people perish. Or in the NIV is, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. So we know the Lord has made provision. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go into destruction. Uh, and they are being deceived, as we've heard, by all the lies of the enemy. And the Lord has spoken truth, so he wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth. And uh, I, we know that um, in Ezekiel, um, he wants repentance. Ezekiel 18 said, repent, turn away from your offenses. Then sin will not be your downfall. So we want our children to come to repentance. It says, rid yourself of those offenses that you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord. This is God's heart. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants for them to come to repentance. Repentance is that change of mind you know, that when you know the truth, you change your mind. It's that place where you are sorry that you have just done your own thing and you didn't take the time to stop and connect, you know, with God. Um, repentance is turning away from your own ways and turning to God ways, God's way. And God wants to give a new heart and a new spirit and you know, uh, further on in Ezekiel 36, um, you know, it's a beautiful passage, the promise where he would cleanse us from our filthiness and from all our idols, give a new heart and a new spirit, remove a heart of stone and give a heart of flesh, give us his spirit and move us to follow his decrees and his judgment, to move this nation and the people of this nation, our children, the children of this land, to want to follow his decrees. And then, I mean, Jesus went on and showed how it was to happen. How is it to happen, what he said? And he told them he wants them to come to spiritual life, spiritual birth. Um, he told Nicodemus, truly, truly, I tell you, no one will see the kingdom of God unless he's born from above. Yeah, and no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born from above. And this is God's heart. So yes, let's pray. Let's pray for the move of the Spirit of God to bring the breath of God, to bring conviction of sin, to bring repentance, to bring a revival and a birthing from above in the power of his Spirit. Oh, that all these promises of God that are yes and amen will be fulfilled in our children and in our children's children and in the child, children of the nation, the children is stand for his honour and glory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God.
Orma sikara yani kiyeria. Orma yani kiyeria. Orma yani kiyeria. Suriyani kiyeria. Orma yani kiyeria. Suriyama yani kiyeria. Suriyama yani kiyeria. O Suriya, o Suriya, Suriya ni kiyeria. Orma yani kiyeria. Suriyama yani kiyeria. Orma yani kiyeria. Suriyani kiyeria. So um, I was to pray today about influence and um, I just actually lost my Bible. Did anybody see a green Bible around anywhere? I think I'd know what is it on the worktop? Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> Great. I need that. But um, influence, I, I was just looking up uh, what does influence mean and um, influence is actually... Thanks so much. Um, influence is, is a Latin word and it means um, info to flow or the, you know, it's in relation to flowing matter um, affecting human destiny actually. Um, so if you think about that, there's so many things that are influencing our children, the children of, of all of the nations and um, it's, it's the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development or the behaviour of somebody or something. And so, you know, what I was just thinking is that influence is power. And we hear all the time about social media influencers. It's a new term. And it's, you know, people who have huge followings and, and they're looking for numbers and they sort of follow each other. You know, you follow me and I'll follow you. And I might be following, you know, 100,000 people, but I have 100,000 followers. But do you really, you know? And, and so the world's way of looking at influence is, is just different from God. And I just feel that as parents and as followers of Christ, we have been called and appointed as influencers. You know, the word of God says that we're ambassadors from heaven. Amen. And therefore, you know, the way that we carry ourselves should be very different from the way that, that uh, we used to walk. And so, you know, whose influence are we under? And praise God for hearing the gospel and for coming to know the Lord. Because, you know, as, as has been prayed many times today, our hearts were turned. We were once living in darkness and now we live in the light, in the light of Christ. And, um, you know, I just feel that it's human nature that we do get tired and weary. Uh, we get disheartened when we're looking at the negatives playing out in front of us, especially in relation to our, our families or our children or, you know, the times we live in and looking at so much of the news. It's, it's very easy to get, you know, pulled down or to hear, you know, what what your child or what this child or that fella or whatever, no matter what age they are, what they've done now or something like that. And you're saying, oh God, you know, I've been praying and praying and nothing's changing. But I just want to encourage you, you know, to don't give up. And um, so, but the thing is, is that I feel that we are always to remember that we must put on our own oxygen mask first. Just like they warn on the, you know, when, when somebody's um, on an airplane 
and the air hostesses go around to people who are carrying babies and small children and they warn them, if the oxygen mask comes down, don't put your child's oxygen mask on first. Put your oxygen mask on first. Because if you put the child's oxygen mask on first, you will run out of oxygen very quickly. And who's there to rescue your baby then? And so I, I challenge you as parents, as intercessors, as prayer warriors, that we are to... Uh, first of all, put ourselves in check. And, uh, you know, we keep our eyes upon Jesus, on his power, and um, that we, we're not to give up. It's, it's his power. It's his authority that he has given us. It's his promises. And so no matter what the storms that come, we can remain stable and steady and fixed because of our relationship with the Lord. And therefore, you know, you might be and you will be the only steadying, stable influence in your child's life or in that person. Maybe it's the spiritual children, but you know, people who you're ministering to at work or in your neighborhood. Maybe it's nieces and nephews that you're standing in the gap praying for them, for deliverance for them, for healing or whatever. And the thing is, is that you're no good to them if you're not filled up. You know, and um, so the storms, we can stay stable and fixed and we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And, you know, we sang there that song about the goodness of God. And in Romans chapter two, verse four, it says it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. I just want to read that passage to you there in Romans. Um, thank you for your word today, Father. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Um, Paul is, is speaking there and he's saying, you know, that uh, we're not to be judging, we're not to be condemning others, uh, we are to be uh, patient with them as God is patient. And, um, and then he goes on to say in verse 4, um, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? And sometimes we forget that when we're looking at other people and we get extremely impatient with them or saying, oh, why can't they change and why can't they do this? But, you know, the thing is, is that we keep our, our relationship with the Lord right and we seek his face first and then he will add those things that we're praying for and believing for. And so um, he said there, does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his goodness is intended to turn you from your sin. So it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. So we pray that today for our children. We say this together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, all of those children, spiritual children, relations, children's in my community and in my nation and in the nations of the world, I declare that their hearts will be turned to you that they will hear you calling them by name and that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Amen. Amen. So in, um, in Habakkuk chapter 2, and when we first discussed having this meeting, that was the scripture that really jumped into my mind. Um, you know, and it's, it's talking about the, the watchmen uh, on the wall, oops, I lost it here now, where is it? Um, Habakkuk, it's right after uh, Micah, no, sorry, Nahum, and it's just before Zephaniah, I think, yeah. And um, just something I wanted to show you, 
you know, because I think that it's important for us as, as people who pray to pray effectively. The, uh, you know, uh, religion teaches people to pray to babble over and over and over again. If you say, if you say it enough times, eventually God will, you'll wear him down and he'll give in. But, you know, relationship is different. And if my daughter comes to me and is constantly, constantly, constantly harassing me, you know, that's not going to put me, put her in my favor. But if, if she, you know, comes to me and asks for something, uh, she trusts me that I will, that I will do it for her. You know, and we, so I think that sometimes babbling prayers is, is, is actually a sign of unbelief. It's, it's, it's not trusting. And, um, here, you know, in, in Habakkuk, in chapter 2, he says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. And as parents, as prayer warriors, as intercessors, we have called to be watchmen and watchwomen. And, you know, we have been called to, to watch, watch the news um, Watch what's going on in society, not from the point of view of, of becoming negative and dragged down by it, but in order to, to pray and to specifically pray into that situation. You know, what you hear, and this is human nature, uh, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Oh, they got a terrible diagnosis. Things are very bad. You know, and, and so what people tend to do then is, is gather and, and, and magnify the negatives. Well, for somebody who knows how to pray, there's a different way. And what God wants us to do is that when you hear something like that or when you experience some difficulty, that you bring it to him and that you're the one who's standing at the watchtower and say, Father, you've heard what they said. You know, like Brendan said earlier, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. So, Father, I bring this impossible situation to you and, and Lord, I cry out to you. I intercede and I thank you, Father, that you do hear me and that it is your will that that one be healed or that that child be brought back from destruction or from the edge or wherever whatever's going on father I thank you that it is your will that this whole thing be turned around and so I stand as this sentry at my guard post and you know that word um, uh, that, that, that actually connotes in, in, the, in the Hebrew as being a sentry or being somebody even in a prison who's guarding you know uh, to make sure that watching uh, at all times to make sure that nothing happens and so um, but in Habakkuk chapter 1 um, and verse um, in verses 9 and 10 there it's talking about God's people's enemies coming against them and it just says, you know, that in this is the NLT version, the New Living Testament, in verse 10, the latter half of it, it says, they, they simply pile ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. And, you know, that was a cute and cunning and very, and very clever um, tactic by the enemy to just bring hordes of, of their army, uh, you know, with a shovel or whatever, and start shoveling dirt up against the walls. And then they simply ran up the mound of earth and onto the high ramparts or walls of that city and came and conquered it. But, you know, if the watchmen were doing their job, that wouldn't happen because they would have noticed the activity 
and spotted it and stopped it. And so I believe that's what God is calling us to do. He's calling the church to wake up and to stand and to be armed and to tactfully, strategically, effectively and fervently pray into situations to see significant change for the good. Amen? And so that's Habakkuk. And then I was just thinking, you know, that in, in Isaiah chapter 49... Uh, This is just a scripture uh, to stand on for you and for your children. Isaiah 49 and verse 25. It says that the Lord will contend with him who contends with you. And he will save your children. And so, Lord, let's pray that today for our children and all of those that, we've pray- that we're praying for. Father God, I thank you that your promises in your word are true. You are trustworthy. And I ask you to forgive me for the times I operated in doubt and unbelief. And I choose today to dedicate my life to you, to get up on my watchtower and stand guard. And I declare that you are my refuge and you are the one who contends with him, who contends with me. And you will save my children. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus is our redeemer. And Jesus has redeemed our children. And to redeem something means to bring something good out of something bad. And so Jesus became cursed. That's what Galatians 3 tells us. That he became cursed so that we could be set free from the curse. And that's not just for me. That's not just for you. It's for all of those, our legacy, our children, our descendants, even those yet to be born. Think about this. You know, uh, the kingdom of God is not about today. It's about, it's, God is always legacy-minded. That's why he's a covenant-keeping God. It means that through the generations, he never breaks his word, and he never breaks his promises. And so um, in, in Psalm 37, David prayed. He said, once I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And I proclaim that over you today, that no matter what's going on, or no matter how bad the situation is, or you know what kind of storms the enemy brings against you or your children, against your, your work, your business, your family, whatever it is, that you know God will never forsake you, and he will never let you down. Amen? And in Psalm 78... If you want to have a quick look at it, I don't know where I am in time, but anyway, (laughs) we're going to break up into small groups and pray in just a moment. Um, In Psalm 78, it's, it's, don't worry, we're not reading the whole thing. (laughs) It's really, really long. But um, it's a a psalm to study because it's reiterating the whole story of Israel, the whole story of God's people and of, of their journey, of his promises, of his faithfulness, of their rebellion. Um, but it says in, in verse 2 um, that God will teach us hidden lessons from our past 
Stories we have heard and known, stories from our ancestors handed down to us or taught by our ancestors. And you see, we are here today on the shoulders of those who've gone before us, our parents, our ancestors, those ones. Maybe they didn't know, you know, the, the word of God, uh, you know, but I'm sure that, that they had a relationship with the Lord because the Lord promises that you and your household shall be saved. We didn't come here by accident. And, you know, God is so faithful. And so it goes on to say there that he says in verse 4, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. And so that's what we have to do is that we dedicate ourselves to, to proclaiming the goodness of God to our children. And in verse 6, he says he commanded us to teach them. And in verse 35 of that same Psalm, he says, then they remembered that God was their rock and the most high their redeemer so you know that what it's saying there is that as they went on through the um through the the darkness and through the storms that uh, as they were affected it was then that they came to their senses and you know in Psalm 20 or Proverbs 22 it says train up a child and we have done that you know we've tried to explain to our children fill them with the word of God rear them on the word of God and maybe some of us haven't but God is faithful and he Jesus is our redeemer and so we can come and say Lord you know I didn't know these things I didn't know to teach them to my children or whatever or you know maybe your children aren't walking out with the Lord but the thing is, is that God is a redeemer. And so that, that they will remember that God is their rock and the most high is their redeemer. And so we pray that today, Lord Jesus, you are our redeemer. And we ask you that our children and all those we pray for, no matter what the situation, that they will remember that you, God, are the rock, the, the everlasting rock, and you are their redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. And, um, you know, in, in, there's so many other, but I, I just want to pray this today. In, um, in Jeremiah 31, it says, you know, that the children, no longer will it be said um, that the children, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. You know, so I just feel to pray that as well with you today because this is again related to influence, the influence of, of God's word and his power. But you know, oftentimes because of mistakes that were made, sin that was going on in families or whatever, that those things have come down the generations, idolatry and various things that have brought messes and opened the door to the enemy and allowed him access. Well, you know, as we pray and repent of those things and break the power of them over our children, that we will see God's influence then. So let's pray. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I... I Take accountability for every sin in my bloodline over my children and over all those I pray for. And I thank you. You have made a new covenant in the blood of Yeshua, your son, to break every curse, to set the captives free. And Lord Jesus, I declare the curse is broken 
and no longer will it be said about my children that the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. In Jesus' name. And finally, just I wanted to speak about influence and that, you know, I think it was 25 or 26 years ago. Was it 26? 26 years ago. Um, Tim, uh, Breed's husband, uh, was, was diagnosed with uh, a, a very, very bad diagnosis um, of leukemia. And uh, he was a young man with a young family, small children, three, six and nine, I think they were. And, um, you know, the thing is, is that who we surround ourselves with, that's why church is so important. That's why the power of agreement is so important. Because, you know, and it's the same for our children. Who is it who's speaking into their lives? Who is it who's influencing them? Because that has such an impact. But we can pray for God, you know, for his plans for their lives to come to pass and that he will save our children that he will contend with the enemy who's trying to to um you know overtake our children's lives it's not an easy time to be growing up it's not an easy time to be any age as far as i can see right now you know there's there's things assaulting and hitting every age group but especially for the young for the younger generations they're lured and tempted with all kinds of shallowness and and greed and corruption and and Morality, all kinds of things. But, you know, to have somebody who will stand with you. And um, I just recall that that time, you know, Breed's children were three, six, and nine. And they had to take off to Dublin, to St. Luke's, for the bones of a year and a half, was it, or that way. Uh, You know, and it was a long, long, nasty struggle. And the people, you know, they they were living in, like, um, part of the hospital that they had for families who were receiving treatment and so she was there. She left her children behind in Ballybunion and, and off up to Dublin for seven months at one stage. Was it? Yeah. Will you come here for a minute? Uh, well, I was just thinking, like, you, you took off and, and left people minding your children, your family, and... and well, I suppose I had a good backing in the family, like my brother-in-law Tom down there and, and Helen minded the children. So yeah. that was great peace of mind. And they were praying for us. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and... Uh, Standing in agreement as oh, yeah, well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, something that, like, all of the other people who were receiving the treatment at that time yeah. in the house with you, yeah. every yeah. one of them died. Yeah, yeah, sadly, yeah, they did. They all passed away, and Tim was the only one. And the reason, you know, was that Breed was standing on the word of God and was was the steadying influence. You know, herself and Tim had agreement. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you would say? Or well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose really praying um, Psalm ninety-one. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that just covered everything. As such, we were looking for. You know, because. Uh, like it says there in Psalm 91, people, you know, they are dying at your right side and your left side, yes. Yes. but it won't come near you. Amen. You know, Amen. and um, you said you used to read that to him every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end of uh, Psalm 91, it said, um, long. "With long life, you will satisfy." Yes. Yeah. And show him my yeah, salvation. salvation. Yeah. And so you used to proclaim that over yeah, him yeah. every day. 
Yeah, yeah. Because he and was very weak. Through.